Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor Joaquin G. Molina invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. They're passionately involved in pumping out sewage into this world. And then I compare Christians. Christians want to go to bed at what time? Eight o'clock. You know, they want to get home early. They want, they want to put forth no effort, no commitment. They're not producing anything that's impacting the world. When Wellington Boone came here, he says that he was looking through YouTube and any one of these uh, celebrities that's putting out a video or some type of presentation, um, they have like 20 million viewers, 14 million viewers. And, and, and I'm asking myself, where are the Christians producing something of a caliber to even watch. Do you guys know of any just off the hand? There's not. And that's why, that's why a lot of times in Bible, Bible lingo, it says that, that the, the, the virgins had fallen asleep. The, the people of God, when Jesus came back, he saw the ten virgins and they were sleeping. And it was at the midnight hour cry that they woke up and some had oil in their lamp and some did not, but they were all asleep. And asleep means you're doing nothing for God. And so I'm reminded of Walmart and it's one of the examples we have. Do you guys know when Walmart closes? It never closes? Maybe that's the reason it's like one of the number one Retail stores in America because they have made provision all around the clock and you could go at any time at any place and you could get what you need from them. And so they're service oriented and we want prosperity, but we don't want to serve anybody. We want God to make us fruitful and we don't make ourselves available. So uh, I'm telling you something. Um, in the last couple of days, I've been intensely involved in doing a huge project for the kingdom of God. I don't even want to sleep. I don't want to sleep. I, I want to make sure that I'm busily about. And I, obviously, uh, somebody came and asked me, he says, Pastor, um, I want to learn how to give my offering in tithes. Could you teach me? And I told him, you don't want to learn from me. You don't, you don't want to follow my example. Because you'll give it all. You'll give it all to God. You'll give it all to God. Because he's awesome. So I want to encourage you. And you can, you know, my job is to encourage you because I'm a leader. But your job, the Bible says, encourage one another. And so I want you to look square in the face of your neighbor and says, what are you doing for God? And if your neighbor's honest, you're going to say nothing, but I'm going to start. I'm not doing nothing now, but I'm going to start. I'm going to start using my time, my talents, all, all the stuff. And, and guess what? You're, it's not that you're not doing anything because I know that you guys are super busy. We live in a super busy age. But you're not doing what God has called you to do. And God has prepared you for that glory that you might shine and reflect his goodness in your life. And the devil, the, the, this past week I've had a lot of appointments also. And it seems to be that the devil is an expert at making us focus and concentrate on the, I, I love this example. This is one of the examples that one of our, give me a pen there. <clears throat> one of the examples that, thank you, just go ahead and throw it up here. One of, one of the examples that one of our leaders does all the time, I love it, uh, Pastor Oscar, he goes like this. He says, what do you see here? Anybody see something? Huh? No, it's a big white paper. But our concentration goes to the little insignificant things in our life. And the devil wants to point at that to keep you busy from not acknowledging the goodness of God. So you guys could use that. Um, we're equipping you with ammunition to go to this world and tell people, listen to me, you're worried about the little dot, but look at the huge availability of what is provided to you. And the devil did that to man in the Garden of Eden. God had given man the vast expanse of all things to enjoy. And the devil says, yeah, but you can't eat off the tree. And so you're limited on that focus that the devil is an expert at to steal your joy and, and to be depressed. 
and to turn your heart away from God when God has given you all things. So you tell them, devil, I'm not going to put my little concentration 24-7 every day of my life thinking about this area that stinks. I'm not going to hang out next to the toilet. I'm going to go smell the flowers. I'm going to smell the coffee. I'm going to get excited for all the good things in my life. And so even this week as... As, as couples come into my office and they say, well, my husband is the biggest jerk. I said, no, he's not. He's, he has an area in his life that really stinks. But we're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on the big picture of God's purpose and call. And one of the things I get excited, and we're going to read that in Romans eleven twenty nine. It says like this. It says that the calling and the giftings of God are without expiration. God is not stopping to call man. Man might be putting his fingers in his ears and not wanting to hear the call of God, but God continues to call man. And the worst of them at that, his calling continues to be and his giftings without are irrevocable, irreversible, vocal from calling. God is not gonna stop calling man to what he's called him to. And so Paul would say like this, in a setting like this, he says, my My children, I will not grow weary of telling you the same things. I'm going to continue to tell you God has called you. If you're not hearing God, you need to focus. You need to tune in to the call of God. You need to really get on his schedule because it's a glorious call. Um, Let's go ahead and pray for the word of God this morning. Um, I'm excited. You get excited. Hang around with people that are excited. This week, we have two major scenarios going on. We have men going to Houston to take part in a three-day men's retreat conference. Uh, A general, General Boykin, will be one of the speakers. um, and, And he is trained Navy SEALs. And men who have fought on the front lines of battle, they made a movie of, of his um, chores, uh, Black Hawk Down, talking about a helicopter that fell in, in a real uh, hot area, and he was able to rescue those men that were there. He's going he's gonna to talk to us uh, about that scenario. Then also, on Thursday, we're heading to Salt Lake City. I've never been in Salt Lake City but they've invited my wife and I to do a, a, a marriage conference. And, um, and we're super excited about what God is doing in, in this invitation and, and really praying that God would, would have purpose and plan in everything that he's doing. Um, you also, my friend, prepare. Prepare for what God has called you to in this world. Don't let Satan steal from you. Father, I thank you this morning. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your word and your grace that you have so lavishly poured out that we not take it in vain, Lord, that we hold it a privilege to come and worship you and thank you for the abundance of all your goodness in our lives. And we acknowledge that there are things that need to be resolved. There are things that the devil wants to trample our territory and our heritage and our families, but you are more mighty than him. You are stronger. The one that is with us is greater than the one that is about roaring as a lion seeking whom he may devour. Let your word be a lamp unto our feet. Let us acquire understanding and wisdom. Let us grow in the calling you have upon our lives. We're living the legacy, oh God, that our children and grandchildren will inherit after us. Allow us not to walk in foolishness. Allow us not to be overwhelmed by darkness. Allow us to grow greater in the extent of our maturity and our faithfulness and our service to you. And we know, Father God, the good work that you have begun, you will finish. The good work that you have begun, you will finish according to your plan and purpose. And no devil in hell and nothing created on heaven, on earth, or underneath the earth will be able to separate us from the purpose of your love in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name that you advance the kingdom in our hearts, that you gather us with the right people at the right time in the right places to live for your glory. And we give you thanks that we are the hope of this world, Christ in us, the light of the world, Father, the salt of the earth. We are they 
who will make a difference in all places according to your presence that accompanies us and your miraculous power that moves on behalf of those that walk in, before you with honor, O oh God, and faithfulness. Bless your word and make it a seed in each heart that it not return void, but that it would fulfill that which you brought it forth, Lord. And we know, God, that you're able to do greater and more abundant and exceedingly above things, O oh God, that we pray and wait for and that we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. As I look around the landscape of all things that exist, um, you wonder and you're concerned with what is going on at the present and we seem to be overwhelmed by the results of situations that are taking place. But I want to start at the beginning. And I think that it's there that, that there's a warning going out today that we're taking the baby steps and the development of things that will grow. Uh, you know that the beginning of, a, of an oak tree is a little acorn. And, and that little acorn, as it makes its way into our lives, creates a huge reality in the future. And, and God wants us to understand the beginning of things rather than to wait the devastation of the end of a matter. So 1 Corinthians 3 verse 10, Paul says like this, be careful of the foundation that you lay. Be careful what, what to, you know, a lot of people says, well, I, I'm not ready yet. I'm, I, later on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay attention. A friend of mine in community college, when I talked to him about the Lord, I said, Tony, God has a plan. He says, not yet. When I'm a little old man, I'll be ready to serve God. But, but God wants us to start today. And a lot of you guys are letting precious time go by. He says, according to God's grace that was given to me, I have begun to, to understand to be a wise master builder. And in order to, to be a wise master builder, I need to concern myself about a foundation. And another one will build after. But let each one take very much heed how he builds on it every layer every every truth that comes out if you don't properly set it in your life the next truth cannot come it's a faulty foundation um, it's sad that many of us don't lay a good foundation in many areas of our life we want a great marriage but we start off with a horrible foundation we want a good business but we start off wrong and God wants us to really concern ourselves and consider these are the days of beginning. These are the days that you're starting to establish what you will enjoy later on. In verse 11, it says like this, For no man can lay any foundation than the one that has been given to us. The example of Christ Jesus. From the time he uh, first came on the scene, he was concerned with making sure everything was in place. Twelve years old, he's saying, I must be about my father's business. How many 12-year-olds do you know that will stand up against their, their surroundings and their peers to say, I'm laying everything that will matter down the road. I can't forget it. I can't leave it to another day. I'm overwhelmed by the fact that, that some of you men have come to the gospel right now and you have an opportunity to go to a men's retreat and you're saying, no, I, I don't have time. I'm not going to go. And so you're foregoing the foundations that will be laid to becoming a great man of God. And when, when the opportunity comes to believe in Jesus Christ, you say, well, not today. When the opportunity comes that you believed in Jesus Christ to get baptized, you say, not yet. And so all the beginnings of your life are so faulty. And they say like this, if a child does not receive Oxygen to his brain in the first couple of minutes of his life, he will get something that will uh, paralyze cerebral palsy, paralyzation of the mind. And you, you guys have seen cerebral palsy, right? It affects your coordination, your talk, your thought. It affects you for the remainder of your life just because of the first few minutes of your birth not getting what you need. And so that's what explains the amount of Christians that are going around so abnormally in their development in the things of God. At an early age of their life, they, they misconstrued and misconcentrated the things God had for them. Verse 12, it says, Now if any man lays a foundation, he should choose the best of gold, silver, and the most precious of stones. This goes back to the three little pigs. 
You're putting your Christian life together with straw and hay. You're putting your life together like if you don't even care, but it will become the foundation of where your family will live later on. And when that thing comes down in shambles and ruins, when the ceiling is hitting your head, you will wonder what happened. And the Bible says, oh, how I have hated those who instructed me. How I despise those that, that, that were teaching me these things. We have invested incredible, inordinate amounts of time to bring in the best of builders. That's what Al Fury says. He says, Pastor, I'm a builder. I go, well, there's just a little problem that those people you're building don't show up. Those people that God has sent you to edify have an indifference in their development. So he says, you're building with precious things or you're building with things that perish in the time and seasons of fire. Verse 13. Each one and their life will become evident, will become clear. What was the early beginnings of your development and the foundations you laid? For the day will declare it because it will be revealed when problems come, when fire Fire will teach each one's work of what they made it from. There's a particularity about gold, silver, and precious stones. Because the, the stronger the fire, the more precious they become. The more valuable. When you sit and go through trials, the most precious people we have in, the, in Christ, in the kingdom of God, are those people that were tried by the most intense flames of trials and and we have them here we have them here and they shine brightly because they have persevered in the midst of adversity and hardship a lot of us are waiting for that one day of something wrong happening so that we can leave if, if god doesn't if god is not there for me I, i'm going to stop believing in god listen you can stop believing in god it doesn't matter he's still real faithful he's still amazing He's an amazing God. And it says the test of each one will show forth. Verse 14, if any man's work which he builds remains, because other ones, the, the straw, the hay, and, and the wood, it says that, that it disappears in the day of fire, in the day of testing. Every man's work which he has built on it endures, he'll receive a reward. Verse 15, if anyone's work is burned and he finds himself standing in a pile of ashes, he will suffer loss. He will be saved so as through fire. What, what are you guys building? What is, what is the intensity of what you're building? And how is it going to show forth in the times to come? It was Bill Gothard uh, many years ago, one of my... Uh, you could say one of the patriarchs of the faith for our family. We started going to his seminars. He said like this, every conflict suffered during your childhood years will plague you and follow you all the days of your life. If you learn how to be a brat, you're going to be a brat forever. Tell your neighbor, quit being a brat. You learn that in the beginning steps of your life. So now you're 21 and you continue to act like a total brat. And God doesn't, I learned this, I'm, I'm sorry, I have to confess this. Early on in my Christian walk, I tried to be a brat with the Lord. And God says, I have no children that are spoiled. God refuses to spoil his children. God will refuse to have you roll your eyes at him. Miriam tried that in one second. You guys know the story. In one second, she tried the Lord. She says, why does Moses have to be the one who leads us? Why does Moses have to be uh, doing things that I consider not appropriate? The Lord says, in one second, leprosy came upon her life. And when Moses tried to intercede for his sister, he says, Lord, um, you know, Miriam, she, 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 she made a mistake, but don't hold it against her. He says, listen, does a woman roll her eyes when her dad speaks to her? How is she going to disrespect me like that? 
You know something, there, there's, there's women that, that learn how to roll their eyes when they're 10. They never get, respond. they get married and their constant expression is the rolling of the eyes. The disdain for life. They're 50 years old and continue to act like brats. Let's pray for their husbands. Let's pray for their family members because their daughters learn the same thing. And you know something, it all starts at the beginning. So Bill Gothard says, listen, we need to go back to the beginning. We need to go back to where we deviated. We need to go back and, and repent and ask God to heal us there. Because all disrespect, all dishonor starts out at the beginning of our development. All thoughts that are twisted have a day of beginning. I often tell couples that come into my office for marriage counseling, could you tell me when this started? Tell me when it started. Because we need to go back there and undo this thing. Whenever you just got off track and, and, and became a total disrespectful, dishonorable person, you need to address that. And God wants to address that in our lives this morning. And Bill Gothard says, as, as these, conflicts are reserved, uh, 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 these, these conflicts are resolved, then we can attain to the full calling of God. We could run through the entire Bible and see the history of those who fell in awful cursing and decided that a good beginning was not worthwhile to attend as God creates all things as he did the first book of the Bible when it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and history shows how crazy we become. How crazy we become in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 17. We have the life of Esau. He had the ability to receive the blessings of the firstborn. Guess what? He didn't show up. He says, who cares about being firstborn? The Bible says that afterwards, he wanted the blessing of those that were the firstborn. He wanted to, to have the glory. He wanted to have the provision, the inheritance, the honor but he was rejected for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. God says that there will come a time where you will no longer take pleasure in your days because you did not remember the creator in the days of your youth. Everything, everything that's going to be down the road is based upon today. And a lot of us have checked out during today and we're daydreaming today. Tell your neighbor, wake up, this is for you. This is for you, my friend. God has glorious provisions that are coming down the road. But if you don't get ready for them, there's no way that you can make a beneficial outcome of what's taking place. As Psalm 11 verse 3 says, if there are no sturdy foundations... If the foundations are destroyed, if there's nothing that I can set the future upon, how can a righteous man have a future? If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Where are you going to build? Why do we sit through very important, this happens all the time, we sit through our elementary education and we pay no attention. That was me. No attention. So we get to college and they give us a math exam and you're like, I wonder what language this is. I wonder what this is all about. Guess what? F, failure, defeat, destruction. Um, listen, it was the threat, Mr. Molina, we are going to kick you out of community college. I was like, why? I'm a nice guy. You don't know how to add and subtract. It's a little problem for college students. Because during the formative years, during the years I should have paid attention, I was joking around. I was taking it, and what, what good is this for? And so I had to spend an entire year making up for lost time with mentors, with tutors, with special workshops, learning how to add, subtract, multiply, and divide. Why? Because I did not pay attention. I did not consider it worthwhile. Powerful testimony of how we needed to start all over and ask God to have mercy upon us. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank God for the one who says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. 
I am the beginning and the start of everything you're going to enjoy the rest of your life. And we have to ask God for mercy that we might lay foundations that we'll be able to build on future. Some of you guys, your attitude is so horrible. I could only foresee your future as being real horrible. Real horrible. Not because God wants to. Not because God desires, but because you are forsaking the wisdom of, of saying, Lord, I want to do it the right way. I wanted to do it the real way. We had a young girl come here some years ago, and we opened the doors. Everybody gave her a job. We gave her a car. We gave her a salary. We invited her into the house of God, and she despised it all, and she left. Three years later, she comes back thinking, hey, I'm back again. Where's my car? Where's my salary? Where's the embrace? The door is closed. You lost the day of your visitation. You will no longer, she has no longer ever seen the opportunity to repent, to change her ways. And she was a young girl. She was 20 at the time. She came the first time, 23. And, and what she did during those three years was to consume so many drugs and walk in such pity. She messed up her brain. She messed up her brain. She wasn't able to articulate. She wasn't normal. She had allowed Satan to come and build his framework, to build his foundations, his strongholds. And so in Genesis 21.8, we see that running, uh, despising the start of a matter like Abraham did. You guys know the story. Abraham decided, I'm not waiting on God. It's the beginning of everything God is doing. I'll just have a, a child with anybody. I'll have a child with, a, uh, with Hagar, my wife's servant. And, and the beginnings of that were so crucial to not wait on God at the very start. It came the time in the season where he had God's promise. And so here, running ahead of God at the beginning became a clash with God's provision later on. And so what do you do when you start wrong and then God brings you his provision? You have to say goodbye to Ishmael. So the child grew and was weaned, talking about Isaac. And Abraham made a, a great feast that same day that Isaac was released from his mom. Verse 9. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian. She had born to Abraham. He was making fun of Isaac. He was making fun of Isaac. And so verse 10, the Bible says, Therefore she said to Abraham, Cast out this woman and her son, for her son of this bonzer shall not be an heir with my son, namely Isaac. We're not going to grow up together. And some people start things that God never started, and then they compete with the call of God. And you're like, but, but I'm doing this. Yeah, but God has something precious. Something that if you don't pay attention to, you're going to miss out. And all this starting at the beginning, if you could take that thousands of years forward, you have all the, the Muslim Arabs, the unbelieving nations fighting with Israel, wanting to exterminate the, the nation of Israel. Where did all that take place? How is that mess? It says that they can find no peace in the Middle East. They can find no rest. Where did it all happen? I'm taking you back to the very start of birthing things in the beginning that later on will contest and fight to steal and to destroy the blessing God has for you. And so this morning I pray that you're listening to God and you're saying, okay, I need to take advantage of what God is serving in my life in this season. I was blessed on Friday as we went to Ariana's of 15's celebration. To see the beginning of what God has done in our lives is glorious. The start of things are, are precious. Knowing that, that these things, if they're taken seriously and the blessings are spoken over and if we walk in them in our youth, later on, the celebrations will be through the roof. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1, it says, Remember also your God in the days of your youth before difficult days come. And those days will be difficult and the years draw near when you say, Why am I not having a good time? My friend, it's because you despised the very beginnings of God's words towards you. You, you belittled them. 
You, you didn't give them any weight, any substance. Now, I, I was seeing, I was 19 years old, and, and I saw a head. I projected to 26. 19 to 26 is seven years. And I looked at the older friends, the older brothers of my friends. We were 19. They're, they're, they were 26. So I said, in seven years, what's going to happen? Do you have the capacity to know where you want to be in seven years? Are you preparing for them today? And I said, I'm going to disappear for seven years. I'm going, to go, I'm going to go to law school. I'm going to prepare for the day I get married for my kids. In seven years, I will be different than these people. I will not be struggling. I will not be suffering. I will not be living at mom's house. I want to prepare. What does God have for you if this day you take this word serious, my friend? What does God have in mind that he would bring this word to you in a beautiful time and season? These are the days. The Bible says in Proverbs 22.6, train a child in the way he should go so when he's old, he will not turn. A lot of you are saying, but pastor, I'm 50 years old. Why would you bring this message? I'm saying because you're only two months old in the spirit, my friend. And whatever you learn in the things of God now will be the foundations of your calling and ministry later. If you treat your life in God as a child and allow correction to come and love wisdom now, your future will be bright. I want to encourage you by this. Derek Prince, a world-class, world-changing teacher and Bible and scholar, began his ministry at 68. And from 68 to 88 for 20 years, since he did not despise a moment of his development, became a source of refreshing to the nations. If we put away foolishness, if we attend to, listen to me, I, I really believe that the greatest days of the Christian church are yet to arise upon the earth. And we are the very actors. We're the ones that are going to be on the stage of the world platform. Nations will run to us and ask us, teach us the way of the Lord. Ariana, how did you not have 25 boyfriends? That's amazing. Any woman in this world is 25 and counting. And counting. Because they cannot find wisdom. They cannot find truth. They do not know how to build houses. Yesterday this woman was, you know, the, the Cadillac uh, car dealership is sponsoring the golf tournament. And there was a woman. And she had become an expert to every single manufacturing and engineering design of the Cadillac. And the windshield wipers are able to eliminate five liters of water within three seconds every four miles. And the tires are 20 inch, but not on the basic models. And they just went on and wanted. You ask that woman how to build a home and she can't tell you. You ask that woman, where are your children? She says, I don't know. The Bible says she tramples her, her offspring without even knowing because she's walking in pride. And there cannot be glorious. I, I love the verse that came out at Ariana's birthday, Esther chapter 2 verse 20. It says, but Esther had kept her secret, had kept secret her family background and nationality. She did not reveal where she had come from, just as her Mordecai, her tutor, her mentor had instructed her. And she obeyed his command. How, how did she obey his command? Because as a little girl, she listened. It says, as when she was brought up with him. If you don't learn obedience when you're a child, you will never learn obedience when it counts. When the time comes for you to do the great big things for the glory of God, you're going to have to stick your finger in your ear because you won't have a clue what to do. And you'll be doing something foolish. And that's how it was in the life of David in 1 Samuel. The Bible says, he, he answered in this manner, 1 Samuel 17, 36. Your servant has experience killing both a lion and a bear. 
Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, so I am prepared for this next challenge. I'm prepared to take this giant out and cut his head off because I was at practice. I took what I did serious. I'm prepared. That was our, our training in law school. I thank God for the university, Nova University, the training it gave us. As we came out of law school, the people were like, but aren't you scared? What do you mean scared? I've gone through three years of hell. I'm scared of nothing. I'm prepared to take on anything. And why? Because you take what you do seriously. And you're able to come up against any, any object. This is what the Bible says about young people in, in Psalm 127. He says, because they are born in a house that is on track from the beginning, it says they will know how to answer to their enemies in the crossroads of life. They are prepared. Let's read that real quick. Psalm 127. There's nothing worse than to have an adult that doesn't have a clue. Verse 4. Psalm 127 verse 4. Like sharp arrows in the hand of a warrior are children that one has during their youth. Happy is the man whose quiver is full of these arrows because they will not be ashamed but shall speak with their enemies at the marketplace. Our, our sons, I'm proud of my sons, as spiritual sons and physical sons. Super proud. Why? They are ready for battle. They are ready to take on the devil and everything that comes against them. I love it. I love that we have taken God serious. That we have a, a solid foundation. And David says, listen, the lion and the bear were my training. Now I'm ready for this giant. Bring them on. I'm establishing a strong and healthy future. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take over here. David was prepared. Isaiah 7.15, it says, As a young man, you're supposed to give the best of the training so later on in life, you don't choose foolishness. He will have milk and honey. The word curds, butter. He'll have the best of, of butter and honey. He shall eat. So that he knows the difference to be able to tell evil, get out of my life. And select and choose good. When does this happen? Does anybody know when this happens? When you're a baby. When you're developing. The Bible says that obedience is like oxygen. And a lot of you guys are not breathing. Your brain is being fried. It's being paralyzed. You're going to be cerebral palsy Christians the rest of your life. Some of you have not even gotten water baptized. What are you waiting for? The Bible says to believe and to be baptized. What are you waiting for? The Bible says to walk in obedience, be faithful, come to church. What are you waiting for? Well, when I get, when I get married and have a stable marriage and I'm going to be faithful. Listen to me. You're not going to be faithful later on what you're not faithful now. You need to start and say, Lord, forgive me for ignoring those that were instructing me. Some of us check out in Galatians 3.3, Paul says, you foolish Galatians, you started so well. Some of you, when you first got saved, and this is true to, to new converts, listen to me. I praise God for new converts. They are on fire I haven't, you know, some people you have to say, hey, are you going to take some steps in that direction? But, but the newcomers, you have to grab them and hey, slow down, slow down. You're going too fast, man. Slow down. It's good that you're on the ball, but don't run ahead. Let's lay a good foundation. Let's not run ahead of ourselves. And Paul says, listen, you guys started so well having begun in the spirit. You're not going to be able to do this in the flesh. So it is there in Revelation chapter 2, verse 4. That God says, if you're having problems in your development, return to the first love. Return to the first place. <laughs> Some of you have to start without ever having been there in the first place. Go back and consider what your motivation is for serving God. Do you love what happened here? 
The Bible says we love him because he first loved us. We're able to do the, the, the second thing because we acknowledge the first. Well, you can't skip over that. And so Paul was concerned about that. In Isaiah 46, verse 10, God says, I know the end, but it starts from the beginning. I declare the end of a matter from the beginning. Let me ask you a question. If you don't take seriously what you're doing today, what are you thinking about tomorrow? I'm going to tell you a, a little confession here. I grew up in a house with an excellent disciplinarian. My father taught me from the day I probably opened my eyes. And he was on task. Every time I would be around my dad, he would say, be careful of this, do this. You want to cut, well, be careful. And he was teaching me and teaching me and teaching me. And in that instruction, I many times rebelled and disobeyed. Many times said, I don't have to listen. Many times had the attitude early on, uh, I don't want to be anything like you. Just a rebellious attitude. So now years later, about seven years ago, I'm 35 years old, 40 years old. I'm going out to the nations to represent God. I don't even know how to sit in a chair. I don't even know how to take a fork on my hand. I don't even know how to greet people. I don't know how to sit at a table. I have despised so much of the training that here I am a world changer, a prince of God without foundation. Not because I didn't have it, not because it wasn't available, but because I despised the years of my youth. And so I'm considering now, yeah, that is the travesty of many of us, but now spiritually, are we being attentive to the voice of God? Are we allowing God to point out areas in our life that are important? Some people did not. Samson did not. His whole life was a joke. He made fun of everything. He mocked everything. And God says, I know the end from the beginning. From ancient times, what is still to come. The things I've planned a long time ago that are yet to come. And it's my plans that you should stick with. It's my plans that you should be attentive to hear. Everything that, that Ruth learned, everything that Esther learned during the days of their youth was what served them to be able to have the capacity. We were reading also Ruth chapter 3 verse 10. It comes to the day in the life of this young girl and she's pinpointed on with a prince that's asking for her hand in marriage. And he notices and he says, I've done some research and I've seen your beginning days. I've seen how you have kept yourself. And he said, blessed are you, my daughter. May God bless you, for you have shown incredible kindness, inner beauty, at the end than at the beginning. You have grown in what you've learned early on, and that's the end expression of what's taking on later on. And that you did not go after young men. You weren't you weren't laying down a foundation that was faulty for years to come. You did not go chasing young men, poor and rich. You weren't the girlfriend of every gentleman that stood at your door catering and entertaining you. You waited for this season. You laid down such an awesome foundation. I'm prepared to take you on as my wife. Because you're not known as Billy's girlfriend or Johnny's girlfriend or Ted's ex or triple X or 15 X's ago. You have kept yourself in, in a format, verse 11. He says like this. He says, and now my daughter, you will have no fear of the future for I will do for you all that you request. Because every single person in this town knows that you are a godly woman. Everybody has heard your reputation. Everybody has seen your tracks. Everybody is familiar with your development. And this is what it is. This is what Paul says when he started his ministry. He says, when I sat at the feet of Gamaliel, I took him serious. I took the training serious. I took the days serious. And he becomes the instrument of God to write two-thirds of the New Testament. Can we stand this morning? 
my responsibility is to bring you the word of the Lord. Being able to establish an early, strong, healthy walk is the pro- your promise for the future experience of fruitfulness in the future. The Bible says like this, and we'll read it real quickly. Be careful how you build Luke. Chapter 14, verse 28, he says, suppose one of you wants to build a castle. Suppose you want to live a life worthy of a prince and a princess. Does he not sit down and count the cost to find out if he has enough to finish it? Don't you consider that one day the future will be upon you and everything that you do now will be reflected on what happens later, Revelations chapter 2, verse 4, you have forsaken your first love. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. Because if you don't repent, if you don't re-inspect the start of your call, all these men talked about the beginnings of their lives. They all talked about how God came, how things changed, giving them an opportunity for a new start with God. Paul says it. I fell off a a horse and and there I was and God spoke to me. He kept on telling that that story of the beginning. My friend, what is your beginning? And I really believe for many of you, coming to this place is a new beginning. I really do. I I, I feel that the, the years, like he said in his promise in Joel, the years that the grasshopper has eaten, the years that the locust has eaten, the years that your crops were spoiled, God says, I'm gonna erase all that and call all things new. There's a new thing going on, a new move of God in this place, a new legacy. I, I praise God for Omar and Erica. They're establishing the, the footsteps and the legacy of a new generation of godly young people. I, I praise God for them. I praise God for those that have decided I'm going to do it God's way from my youth. I remember the conversations with Omar when he was 9, 10, 11 years old going into middle school and saying, well, there's a little girl there, you know, that I think um. I'm going to start going out with her. I said, no, my friend, you're a prince. A prince gets ready for his princess. And you're going to have to fight those battles. And they're going to be raging furious. But guess what? They're going to be gloriously fruitful. They're going to be enjoyable years. And I thank God for the invitation God gives us this morning. All the aspects of marriage, of character, of our family, of our ministry, We need to reinvestigate those things. It says in Luke chapter 1 verse 3. And here the writer of Luke says like this. He says, I've carefully investigated. It seemed good to me also having had perfect understanding of all the things from the very beginning. Some of you have to go back there. Ed Cole says, if, if you had sex outside of marriage before you got married, you better bring that up. You better clear that up in the presence of God because your wife will hate you all the days of your life because you did not honor her. You will carry that bitterness. You will carry that anger all the days of your life because you overstepped your boundaries in a season and you're not going to receive any good fruit from that. This morning, I I give thanks to God for every invitation he gives us to start all over. The Bible says to come and sit at the table of the Lord and consider. He says, it doesn't matter what has happened in the past. I'm ready. If any man be in Christ Jesus, all things are past. Behold, everything is made new. Let's read that very quickly in 2 Corinthians 5.17. This is what an invitation, if anyone. That means just every single one of us. It doesn't matter. The devil wants to do the same thing we did at the beginning, right? He wants you to concentrate on on what you did. No, listen to me. It's a big white sheet. God wants to write a new story. And he says, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed. Behold, everything starts afresh today. And start being faithful to God. Start loving his word. Start loving his commands, his instruction. Be tight in your relationship with Christ. Father, I thank you this morning for your goodness in this place. I give you thanks for the opportunity to start a right. You say for us to start from where we have fallen, to renew our first love. To start at that beginning point where you reached out to us 
that we might be wise, that we might be obedient, that we might be faithful. Like all these men and women, oh God, we can learn from as our example. And we know that if we learn things during our young age, we will have them during our old age and they will represent peace and joy and satisfaction and glory. The Bible says that the wise shall inherit glory, but the fool shall receive shame shall receive the fruits of despising his first steps in the matters of God. I pray, oh God, that every single person within the sound of my voice and hearing this message will make a decision to cross their T's and dot their I's and put in the full price of walking within the full ability of their potential. Father, and heal those with cerebral palsy, spiritually speaking. Those that aren't having oxygen, obedience, come into their Christian walk, Lord. Their muscles are being totally paralyzed. Their walk in you will come to great handicap and disability. Father, I pray that your mercy would be renewed towards us. And I pray for these groups that are going out to Salt Lake City and to Houston that your hand would be upon them. That it would be an opportunity for you to do a new thing in these families. A new thing in our young people. In Jesus' name we pray and the house of God says amen, amen, and amen. Greet one another in the love of God. Tell your neighbor, let's start all over again. Let's do it good this time. Let's start from the beginning. Oh